At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, everyone. It's Isabella Lombicure, the World Messenger, and I'm welcoming you to the Legacy Leader Show. And I have a very special guest today that is very close to my heart and actually someone that works closely with me uh, on a daily basis. He is young, but extremely savvy, very creative and innovative uh, visual design producer, as well as educator. And reason I want to have him on the show specifically as we're having so many conflicting information and challenging conversations around upcoming school year. And we're hearing directly from my special guest, uh, Patrick Pat Montenanglo, uh, that will kind of share with us not only the current state where he is at coming and greeting us from New Mexico, but also how all these choices, decisions are uh, being made and how they're impacting not only teachers like himself, uh, but also parents, he's also a parent, and then also obviously representation of school and school districts on the larger scale with everything that we're dealing currently with, which of course emphasis is on COVID-19. Pat, welcome. Thank you. It's an awesome opportunity to be on the show. Um, you've had so many amazing guests before me, so I'm glad to be part of part of the show now so it's exciting absolutely and you're the one who actually does all the editing and create all the magical stuff and it's nice now to have you from the other side so i'm really thrilled that you were actually open willing because um you have so much to offer and that's why getting great feedback from people it was like isabella your your brand is looking great i love uh, your uh, designs and how everything is turning uh, on these shows, but now this is the face of the person behind who does that all for for us. And uh, again, I want to say thank you. But Pat, I also wanted to have you on the show addressing some of the really, as I mentioned in introduction, challenges uh, and conflicting uh, issues uh, related to are we opening for school? Why, why not? What is happening? And how is it impacting you as a young educator uh, in your state of New Mexico? So, uh, wow, it has definitely been a roller coaster. Um, I had been in and out of uh, a couple of jobs within the last couple of years, always trying to get insurance. And I'm thankful now that uh, since I became an educator, I have the uh, pretty good insurance. Um, so that was my main reason why I wanted to switch kind of from my web design, graphic design background to start being an educator. Um, and when I had originally started um, college at NMSU, I wanted to pursue my education degree. I like coaching. I like being with kids, teaching them something new. Um, and I got uh, a little tip from my mom. She's like, hey, I hear that they're looking for a teaching position. 
I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that. And I found out that it was a, a media magnet. So what the media magnet is, is the students in the program are selected like a lottery. So if these kids have any interest in doing film or video or photos, anything um, that kind of my background has already been in, I'm going to be teaching it. And I was like, oh, well, that seems perfect. That'd be a no-brainer. So I went and applied for the job. I ended up hearing back that I got it. And I was like, wow, okay. And this was all in February. So like kind of like right before all of this craziness had happened, um, mm -hmm. I didn't end up starting to the end of February. So I had about two weeks in the classroom, which was the craziest two weeks of my life. <laughs> because right. from, from the time that I was supposed to start in early February to the end of February, the students that I was going to start teaching they had seven different substitutes between the time that I was supposed to be in the classroom until the time I started. So the yeah. students were all like on a, like, we don't have a teacher. We all, we could do whatever we want. So it was definitely a, a first crazy two weeks. Um, I had witnessed uh, my first altercation. There is a little fight <laughs> in the, in the school. And I was like, what do I do? I can't, I didn't know who to call or anything. So I just like grabbed another teacher and then the security guards came and broke it up. Um, then I also had um, parent teacher conferences. So I had seen the kids for two days and then, Hey, it's parent teacher conferences. So then if any of the parents had kids struggling with their grade in my class or other teachers classes, I went and I met them I'm like, hey, well, I don't know your kid, but I see that they're not doing good in my class. So nice to meet you. <laughs> and wow, it was well, kind of talk crazy. about poor timing and talk oh, about yeah. challenges you have to overcome in, in the first year uh, or not even full year, obviously, in the first few months uh, working there. It was crazy. And then after that, we had our first fire drill and I didn't even know where to take the kids. I was like, just get out of the building. This is a fire drill. There's no, hopefully there's not a real one. And oh gosh. So I got like thrown to the wolves for my, my first two weeks of school. But uh, the staff that I have, my principals, the administration and um, my, my peers, they all helped me get through it. And um, I, I have a mentor. I'm glad for her because she helped me with classroom management skills, um, gave me some little icebreakers, how to kind of get the kids used to me being their teacher. Um, so that helped me out a lot. Uh, the nice thing too, is that even though I was only with the kids for two weeks and then all the COVID-19 stuff happened, um, we had to switch to an online model. So the after spring break, what we did was we transitioned to Google Classroom. So that having the tech portion helped and having a little bit of knowledge was very helpful with starting to come up with a lesson plan online that the kids could still be engaged. But it was also still kind of difficult because the kids didn't have the same opportunities as we were be able to meet face to face. So um, now going ready to start the, this new school year, I have had already been doing trainings. I've probably done about 25 hours, like two, uh, about a day and a half of full training just for online teaching. So at least I'm a little bit more prepared this time going into the new year, but it's going to be nice because I'm going to have that same group of kids. So I had 84 kids 
uh, in my media magnet and then um, that was in sixth grade. So now I got bumped up to seventh grade. So now I'm going to be keeping the same kids again. So it'll yeah, be good. Yeah, it makes sense because it's actually good. So the kids have some consistency and continuum, but it's also great how actually things work out and how your actually skills and in virtual world and, and with design and the technology and you're extremely technology savvy. And, and I, and I really feel like with you guys, younger generations, those millennials uh, get all this so effortlessly. And when I see you uh, doing things behind the scene, I'm just blown away. It's like, take you second. It's like, you were like connecting the dots and I'm just like, what, wait, what, what just happened? Yeah. So uh, from that stand, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you have a chance and opportunity to shine as an educator, but also I'm glad that the kids are having continuum uh, seeing and working with the same person after so many disruptions. Yes. So now you guys decided for New Mexico and everything that has happened with COVID and tourists and increase in uh, astronomic increase in cases and risks to go 100% virtually. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, so at least for the um, foreseen time right now. Um, mm -hmm. Yesterday, our governor made a press conference saying that, hey, at least by Labor Day, they want us to be in a hybrid model. So, which that means is we'll still see the kids, but not full time. So, we'll see the kids on Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday will be a deep clean. They'll clean the school. And then Thursday, Friday, we'll see another group of kids. So, we won't, the school won't be at full capacity. I don't know how they figured out all the numbers, but if your last name was A through L, we'd see you on Monday, Tuesday. And then if your last name was M through Z, we'll see you on Thursday and Friday, which is still kind of nice. I mean, we, we get to see the kids. Our class will be a lot smaller. So um, my classroom was kind of already small as it is, but my whole class, I didn't have individual desks. I had um, long tables that I put six or seven kids to a table. So we're having to decrease the classroom size too. So now I'm like thinking about when I go back to school, if we when we go back to the hybrid model, I'm gonna have to sanitize all the computers, all the cameras. So it might be a little bit hard at times to go back to when we switch to the hybrid model. Mm -hmm. um, but I do know that our district, they're doing everything they can. They're talking about installing hand sanitizer stations and, um, putting the six feet stickers down on the hallways and um, they're doing their best to keep us safe. I know that some of the, the more veteran teachers that have been teaching a while, they were kind of more, um, not scared, but more cautious of what's going to happen because I mean, they know that kids can't even bring a pencil some days on school. So how do you expect them to bring a mask? Uh, so I know that whatever happens, I hope that they keep the best interests for the students and the teachers. Um, I know that the flu season is going to come back around too. So I don't know if that's going to be like the second round of like an increase in maybe numbers because the same symptoms are the same as the flu, like if you have COVID or not. So I don't know. It, it, it is crazy. The times and, how everything has changed over the last i mean it feels like february or march april and may went by so slow like it was dragging and i was just getting tired of being cooped up and then now 
they kind of like, hey, well, you can go to the store now or you could do more things instead of being like shelter in place and staying at home. But um, I think some people might have been taking advantage of it and going out and partying or doing too much. And it, and it wasn't probably the safest thing. But I think that if we might like as uh, our as the US, if we might have Collectively, US level, yes. Yeah, like we would have followed a better model and maybe not have complained about the best practices or whatever. I mean, I am definitely not a Scientologist or have any science background, but I feel that even if I do wear a mask, like I feel that it is doing something rather than not wearing anything at all. And I think that if that's the one way besides staying home or and not being in large numbers that I can keep myself and my family safe, then I, I would want to do that. Um, and that is a very good point. And it's talking again to somebody who is very young, who also had a very different lifestyle, who also chose this job because you saw a lot of trends and shifts and changes uh, with work, even though you've been in high demand and everything else. But it's very hard if you don't have uh, your own insurance and you're seeking also that stability, but also if you're looking for consistency in a workload, right? Because everything is so sporadic, goes and up and down. And then with now COVID, uh, more than ever, health insurance is important, but also you have uh, elderly family members, you have a grandma, you have younger children and and it's not just what you bring in internally to your own home but what else is happening outside of that and need for taking responsibility more than ever it's so important right so pat let me ask you a couple of questions in terms of now obviously school is doing everything you can you you are adjusting and doing everything but who is talking to kids and preparing them do you think parents are doing a pretty good job to mentally prepare them for all of these changes and and what are your one of your biggest fears and concerns in terms of how things is going to unfold with children under these very restricted uh environments uh, it, it's totally crazy because uh, I know that one of the things that our district, um, the whole uh, citywide, um, I think statewide too, but in, just in the city that I'm in, um, our school district actually started a VLA program. So it's a virtual learning academy. So what the kids is they get the same instruction that they would in the classroom, but it's all online. So they even if we do switch back to the hybrid model, they'll just still be attending all classes online. And so that um, might make it kind of hard for us at the school. If we, we lose our numbers uh, in kids, some schools might not get as much funding as they do if they don't have the kids. So that might, might hurt a little bit. But um, I know that on like social media wise, so many discussions came up about like, hey, are you going to put your kid back in school? Oh, are you going to homeschool? Are you going to do private school? And there's so many of my friends that I know that they're like, oh, I'm just going to do homeschool. I was like, wow, well, you think that it, it's going to be easy. It, it's not. Like there's some times where like some of the friend, my friends have said like, oh, can't wait for the kids to go back to school. They're driving me crazy. <laughs> like, well, that's what we have to deal with too. But I think that the parents are trying to do what's best for them too. Um, it's hard for them to do homeschooling too or, or having the kids all the time when they still need to be working as well. Um, but I think that when the time comes, I know that the last 
two months that we had school, uh, I was checking in with my students every week saying, hey, hi, do you need anything? Can we help you? And I know that constant interaction at least once a base, uh, once a week um, that we were keeping in touch. Uh, it, I think that it helped me kind of feel a little bit more um, involved in what the kids were doing when they get home uh, or while they're at home. Um, I know that some parents didn't have all of the technology necessary needed to do the online portion, but now that we're going back around for the second go about the families are getting more prepared. So our district, I think it was like seven, 7,000 laptops that our district got for some of the kids that if they don't have any technology, they could sign up and get a, a Chromebook so that they could utilize it for whatever classes they're going to need it for. That so. is wonderful. So not only you guys are more prepared, but also obviously district did extra homework providing the tools because that's what we're seeing here in Colorado and I'm sure in a lot of different parts of the United States and in the rural area, remote area, or even just outside of the city uh, where we have such a contrast in the status and class and poverty level and when obviously pandemic is not helping uh, where parents cannot afford internet, they don't have internet. Uh, so a lot of companies step up to actually offer free internet for those families. Uh, also, they did not have a technology, so now they have technology. But then now another challenge is not everybody knows how to use it. So in order for kids to have parent helping them with their homework and understanding what they have to do and be that assistant, right? If, if it's troubleshooting needed or, or, or conversation, um, they also need to be more involved than they were previously. So it's a challenging them as well. And, and in many ways, uh, not only technologically, but as you mentioned already with the time. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll bring a lot of great, uh, stronger community and relationship now with the parents, right? Because they get a chance to know you virtually as well and be more and more involved. But, um, with everything in mind, do you mind just sharing? I mean, you boarding in New Mexico is boarding, of course, I've been asked here in Colorado, but you also boarding down with uh, Texas and and all all of the epitome and 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 growth in numbers um, started rising exponentially. So, what do you think? One one of the main reasons for that? Uh, well, I mean, we're an hour away from El Paso, so I mean, it's just the not even that far of a drive to go to El Paso, which everything is, is still open minus the bars, but like the mall, you can still go shopping. And I mean, there's a lot of places where they're not enforcing wearing a mask or like enforcing the best practices to stay safe. Um, so I think that people are going and they're like, hey, well now we can go and do what we want. So let's go. Uh, but we were instructed as a district wide, hey, well, even if we do go to El Paso, even though it's right across the way, um, we'd still have to self-quarantine for two weeks. So I, I haven't really gone anywhere besides um, the mountains, <laughs> which is kind of very nice and open. Um, it, was, it was about a, a two and a half hour drive to go to the mountains when I took the boys. Um, they like to be outdoors and we went hiking and um, it was nice to kind of get away from all of the social media, I didn't have any phone service, so that was nice. 
uh, getting away and I was just taking pictures and video and um, I just think enjoy the family time and unplug and, and enjoy nature, right? I, I think that it's a smart choice and I'm glad you contrast that, Pat, and I'm, I'm glad that you also wanted to contrast here and I hope listeners and viewers can agree with this. We always have a choice, just the matter it's choosing smart uh, and making smart decisions and choosing right choices that are not only uh, better safety for your own children and yourself, but everybody around you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean, and I, I really don't see what the big deal is about maybe besides, like you can't breathe, but I know like doctors wear the masks all the time. Like they've been doing it way before this and they're able to function their job with it on. I don't see why you can't be out like at the grocery store for 30 minutes and wear a mask. And then when you get in your car, you can take it off. Like it, I don't, but then I see like these big old riots where people, not riots, but people make a big old commotion about wearing a mask. Like, I, I don't understand it. And then people try to like put a stance like, oh, well, this is America. We, free, land of the free, <laughs> can do what I want. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it's, I don't know. It's just really hard to, I don't know, common sense, I feel like. It is very, very good point because I also spoke with a lot of people around the world, uh, not only on the previous shows, but also based on the nature work that I do, as you know. And one thing I just came across, and it's very, very clear, if rest of the world can do it, why Americans cannot? And I get that question asked way too many times. And... Um, and then they're feeling bad for us, the ones that are taking and wearing it and being responsible, again, not just for ourselves, but the people around and then people that we might get exposed to, which is elder or high risk ones, uh, high risk individuals, right? So with that in mind, uh, I feel like it is um, very interesting uh, time and hopefully children. And that is why I'm bringing back now when we're seeing uh, adults acting out, how do we now enforce that or make sure kids are obliging? And being kid and knowing how it was for me uh, to play and have being fearless and do all stuff, fun stuff. Now feeling being in such a high regulated environment, not only I cannot play so close with my teammates, I also have to wear the mask. I have to think about all these extra stuff. And then now I need to focus on the school and, and a new curricula. I, I have to say it would be very, very challenging and hard, right? But then again, going to school is in my opinion, even for a few days, great way for socialism because I'm hearing a lot of parents and their concerns. Our children cannot go to park because we're afraid who they're gonna run into. Uh, and then that's why we said you took a mountain road and, and, and that was really great with your family. So it's like no really easy solution since it has to be reinforcement, not only from school districts and educators, but also from parents and then children needs to be educated. So I'm assuming you guys are preparing really good, clear uh, orientation and explanation to children, right? So that they really fully grasp, at least even if the parents are not enforcing a lot of things at home, uh, that you guys have a good training program in place to explain these things to children. Can you please share a little bit about that? Yeah, well, I mean, whenever we're in the car, like I always know that, especially if I have the boys, that I have a mask that fits them too. 
So I've been looking up uh, friends that I'm trying to still help support local business as I can besides the restaurants. But I have some friends that do arts and crafts and some people make custom masks. So I actually got some masks that fit the boys since if I, if I put my mask on them, it's too big for them or it'll fall off. They won't stay on them. But I got them custom masks and they get excited. They're like, oh, we get to wear our mask. <laughs> so uh, it, it's really crazy to be. I mean, my, my boys are two and three. Uh, we're driving around in a car. They, they see a place that they used to like to go to, either Peter Piper or Chuck E. Cheese, and we drive by. And they're like, oh, can we go? And then they'll be like, oh, no, we can't go because of Corona. So, like, it's crazy that they're so young that they know so much. And especially when we were going to the parks, there's caution tape taped off and everything. Hey, we can't go to the park. Um, it's, a little, it's a little sad because that's the whole summer. That's all they wanted to do is just go to the park. So uh, mm -hmm. done my best to give them a bike. We got some swimming pools try to do our best to still stay at home. But it, I mean, for the, the little boys, they want to be outside, they want to explore. Um, but the nice thing too, is that since they're going to still going to preschool, um, their, uh, their school takes all the extra precautions. Whenever I drop them off, I can't step into the school, just in the little, in the door to drop them off. The boys get their temperature checked, the teachers wear their masks. Um, if the kids do have a high temperature, they wouldn't be able to stay at school for that day. So um, that makes me feel a little bit more um, at, ease. Uh, at ease. Yeah, at ease that the boys, when they're getting um, their interaction with their friends, that they don't have to worry about uh, all, all the other craziness that goes on outside. Um, yeah. And it's good for them too, because if, if it was just the boys and they didn't go to school. I know that there's their social, um, <laughs> their social awareness with other other kids. It would be hard to, especially um, we're not supposed to be in big groups. And um, some of my friends, they have kids too, but th some um, other parents are like, "Hey, I really I want to see you and your kids, but uh, I'm really scared too about also maybe something happening and someone getting sick." So. Um, the way that times have changed so much over the last six months is, is super crazy. And, um, mm -hmm. I just think that now the best practices that we have in place are, um, doing the best we can to, to kind of get back to the normal of how, how we used to be. It's, it's, it's never going to be the same. I, I don't think so. Like, mm -hmm. but, I think that the world that we used to know before 2020, it's definitely not there. And then obviously the state of in our country, not since it's not going to be ever the same. And as a result, a lot of things will change. And hopefully we're hoping to see a lot of more positive changes. Uh, but it's good to see that you as a single father have that support and you have that childcare so you can be doing your job at school very effectively. And I'm assuming also similar precautions and on top of orientation and training you're going to have with um, kids that will be attending classrooms as well. So um, uh, I know you were working very hard and diligently to put everything in order. And, 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 and it's so interesting too, because it's a crisis management uh, that I've been working with a lot of clients and now seeing how each uh, organization or, or, or division uh, handles that. 
from healthcare, obviously it's quite different, but now I see an educational system uh, scrambling during the summer break to make um, comeback much more easier with all the policies and procedures, right? And then, yeah. and, and how do you now explain this now to your seven year, uh, seven graders, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, and it deal with their, their objections and their resistance and their attitudes, so. Well, and then they, we didn't find out until like two weeks ago. It, it took our district at least two months to figure out, hey, what are we going to, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to get back to school? And it's kind of crazy. I mean, we were the ones actually putting our risk on the line or like our life on, on the line. We're taking the risk. We're going to school when kids, like they will go and just to, get that center of attention they'll go on they'll cough on someone i'm like it's not like you cannot do that like it's not all fun and games not everyone's gonna see it as a joke uh, and i think that people that are making the decisions don't actually take that into consideration they're like oh well hey well the easiest thing to get back to the norm is everyone go back to school it, hey um mm -hmm. it, it's crazy and then the other thing that I find really concerning too is that all the big corporations, they're able to still stay open, but yet my friends, mom and pop restaurants and other businesses, they had to stay closed. They couldn't even have 50% of people in the restaurant or they could for a little bit and they're like, hey, well, numbers are getting out of hand. You guys have to go back to 25% or you can only do uh, um, drive-through and takeout. But even still, that doesn't help those businesses as much as it did when they had dining because they also had alcohol sales. They, I mean, they were able to still balance that out, but then now with the restaurants going back into um, getting into the norm is like, there's no medium for them. They've been on a roller coaster. There was one, one day where um, our governor said, Hey, well, okay, no more dining rooms at all. And then like a week later, all of the restaurants, they teamed up together and say, hey, well, we, we need to be open at least 50%. So they went and they did all of this, caused the, the big ruckus. And they were all able to open their dining room for, I think, like a couple of hours. And then on the same day, the governor told them, hey, no, you can't do it anymore. So I know that that was a, even a bigger emotional roller coaster for not only like the business owners, but the employees. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the big restaurants in town, they have 100 employees and they were saying that because of how much of an influx, they had to let 75 people go. And wow. that wow. is insane. I mean, people are like, wow, well, there's always unemployment. There's not. I mean, our unemployment that they were getting is already ending this weekend, this month. Like, mm -hmm. it's over. So not all of the things in place are helping us get back to normal and especially in like now that maybe those 75 parents or people that got laid off they have kids how are they gonna provide for their kids or how, what like what's gonna happen i thankfully i am i have a teaching job right now but i mean something happens hey well we're not going back to school at all we're just doing totally online i mean it's making it harder for us to do our job and um it's everything is insecure everything is, is is insecure and we don't have a crystal ball we don't know but we're trying to do the best we can 
So I hear you. And then it seems like you quickly adopted and adjusted and landed the job. And then, uh, but then now what we're looking and seeing, um, as you said, we don't know about restaurant industry. We don't know about social media and things you used to uh, do. Uh, demand is in some areas much, much smaller because if companies are hurting, specifically small to medium-sized businesses, uh, they cannot then really guarantee anything for their employees, especially independent contracts or gig workers or people who are um, trying to provide for their family. So th that is a very, very good point, Pat, because uh, we're, we're losing government additional support here. Um, for the unemployment specifically for small business owners and, and business leaders and but also, we're having delay in accounts payable versus accounts receivable, and because everybody's hurting with the cash flow and in payments and all of these issues. So hopefully we'll see some improvement. But from education standpoint, obviously, and everything that's coming, I really wanna wish you good luck because uh, it's not easy. Uh, and, and, and since like, you're juggling everything so well, and, and really, if you don't mind, I wanna ask you, what is really helping you out with the support system in the times of this chaos to stay so grounded and, and still as a single dad be able to, um, be one of the best as you can possibly be and then have this positive attitude enthusiasm and still always look at how what can you do to move forward do you mind share a little bit about that so that listeners and and other millennials and other single parents and young people can also hear directly from you because i really want to want them to see with all the magnitude of challenges you have how are you coping with all of this so well well, so, I mean, three months, like, I, I don't remember the last time that I had three months off, like, from doing anything. So now that I started teaching, I'm like, oh, wow, three months off before we go back to school. But I was starting to get antsy. I was like, what am I going to do for three months? I have my boys half the time. Um, when I don't have my boys, I am like, I need to do something. And the golf courses were closed at the time. The gyms were closed. And like me, I love getting exercise. I love playing sports. Uh, I love bowling. The bowling alleys were closed. Uh, I uh, love running, which is like probably like one of the only things that I was able to do. And I was like, wow, running is getting kind of hard on my knees. I'm getting older. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then I'm like, hey, well, let me get a bike. So I ended up getting a bike. I started biking. Um, my, my physical activity that I needed, I was still able to get, but not as I was before all of this had happened. Um, so my body was doing good. Um, I had started eating out, uh, a lot again too, <laughs> just because, um, I'm trying to help out as many friends as I can. And a lot of, it just happened to work out <laughs> where a lot of my friends own restaurants. <laughs> so, uh, one of my friends, he he has a, a pizza or an Italian restaurant and um, he has really good pizza. And I was like, hey, well, I'm off for the summer. If you need help with deliveries, I'll come and help you. So I was kind of delivering some pizza a little bit over the summer and mm. that, that was kind of fun. Um, and then some of my other friends too, uh, they, they were at the farmer's market and they needed help doing some stuff. So I was like, hey, well, um, let's try to help you out as much as I can. And I'm, I'm still, even though I'm a teacher, I don't know everything. So I was trying my best over the summer to 
learn new camera techniques, to learn new software so that when I go back to school, I'll be able to teach it a little bit easier. So I was kind of giving myself little projects. Hey, um, let me try to make you a commercial for your business or let me try to take some product photos or some food photos a little bit better. So I've been trying to practice my craft a little bit. Um, but I know another thing that also helped me was also um, reading. And I don't know if you guys have heard, but you know, Miss Elizabeth over here, she wrote a, a pretty amazing book. Um, but there's a lot of things in here. Um, from fear to greatness that I mean there's e chapter just about everything that facing your fears like trying to challenge yourself to do something that you wouldn't normally do or try to venture out and find what your your why is like my why like definitely the reason why I wake up every day is for my boys like mm -hmm. if I if I didn't have my boys I probably would have just stayed on the couch not done a single thing uh, I would have gone crazy. And I, I think that if you have something to kind of release stress, either if it's reading, like, I mean, I get tired when I read. So I try to read before I go to bed, kind of like help me wind down a little bit. Or if I have um, nothing to watch on my list of on Netflix anymore, <laughs> then I'll, I'll try to learn something new. I'll, I'll watch a YouTube tutorial on, on maybe how to make a new, recipe like uh enchiladas or or something new that way i i felt like the last three months i didn't just let it go to waste uh it was nice but i i don't feel like it was like a total vacation because i mean usually during the summer people go to the beaches people go like on fancy trips to go and relax but it, it's been hard to do all that because everything's been shut down um i i know that i was planning to come up and see you and I mean, the, there's so many restrictions now where we're not, not able to fly and certain things. And I, I really would like it to kind of go back to, hey, it's, it's safe to travel. And maybe that would help out too. maybe just get away for a little bit because people are getting tied up and they're like, hey, well, I'm just going to have a big party in my house, invite 50 people over. Hey, well, you don't know if any of those people are sick or if they have underlying health risk or anything and and you and you just never know so i feel like the best way that you could live your life is just waking up every day saying hey today's a, a brand new day how am i gonna um learn something new or what am i gonna do to help help me um i i've been drinking a lot of water lately i don't know if you see this <laughs> but i've been i've been at I least see a big jug. that's great I've been at least trying to drink a, at least a gallon a day. I, I've definitely done a lot more drinking water than I have like ever. Then I know I like, oh, I need to stay hydrated. And now that I've been getting more hydrated or staying more hydrated, I feel healthier too. So um, we need water just as much as plants do, <laughs> which is actually crazy. Very, very true. Uh, very, very true. I, I know that the days that I get at least eight hours of sleep, I, I stay hydrated or I get outside. I mean, even if I stay inside all day and I don't get any sunlight, I feel like, oh, I, I, I feel depressed. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like even if I don't have. Yeah. Yeah. 
But um, also affects your motivation because I'm hearing a lot of younger younger generations are having a hard time staying motivated, staying focused. And what you were just sharing, if you don't mind, I just want to reflect for a second. You said a lot of great things here. You walk your talk, you step up. But what I love more than anything is you learned uh, very quickly your friends need to help. We want to help them not only by dying and spending some money, but also serving and supporting them and finding creative ways to promote their business or just simply helping with their business on needed basis and making a little bit of extra cash. And for a lot of people that are out there, you know, it's, 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 it's a different uh, economy right now. It's a different uh, way of being and more and more we step up and just think outside of the box and not just think about ourselves, but think about others and, and ways how we can serve, then we will be able to serve ourselves too. And, and I think that is the win-win formula. And I just want to kudo you because as you said, it's easier just to unplug and say nothing can be done. Mm -hmm. But if you look up from perspective, what can we do? And what can I do now or today or this moment? All the beautiful answers arrive and, and, and you just share them so beautifully. So um, that is very powerful, Pat. And I really, really could do you for someone who is young and the level of maturity and responsibility and drive and desire and to better yourself. Guys, I hope you also take this to heart, the need to constantly perfect your craft. That's why I will talk to Pat all the time. What is new? How we can do different things better? We have these little brainstorming sessions because uh it's, it's, it's easier to make a right decision when you're talking to someone who also knows or it's already been there, investigated or researched and compare the notes. Uh, and you don't have to necessarily know everything, but when you do ask people that do know or are trying or telling what you're trying to accomplish, it's, it's easier than to make a decision and feel, again, even though we do virtually this, Pat, um, feels like we're still uh, intact as a team and, and it's just such a nicer way to disrupt day from working on our own that can be really, really long and heavy and sometimes truly lonesome. So, and, and I think that that was one of the big things for me too, like even before this, I always want to do it by myself. I'd never ask for help or I wouldn't, I, I feel like, Hey, well, I, I feel the one that, um, if I ask for help, it makes me look kind of weak or I mean I don't know it, I just always had that that is a great point part. because we're trained culturally uh, generationally that it's, it's it's a weakness but actually it's a strength that was the myth that was thousands of years ago installed in somebody's head and continued but it is actually absolutely strength so go ahead please yeah and and I always felt like people asked me for help and I was always a yes man yes man and then I, I said yes to so many things where I started breaking down. I'm like, oh, well, I know you have a deadline, but I have these other deadlines. So what I kind of started doing now is I, I limit the amount of times that I say yes. Uh, I mean, Jim Carrey has that Yes Man movie and he says yes to like every single thing in the book. And I was that guy for a while and I would just get so tired. I'd stay up so late. I'd work myself to death and then I wouldn't be happy. And I, I feel bad now that I, I say no to some people, but it's like, I can, I, I'm only me. I need to care about myself. I need to take care of my boys. I need to do what's in the best interest of me. And even if I do still say no to some people, uh, I've, I've learned that I've found other people that I could refer um, whoever asked me for help to someone else um, so that I don't leave them totally high and dry. But um, 
I, I got to that point where I would say yes to everything. And then even now that I started teaching, they're like, hey, well, we need someone to help with the Honor Society Club. We need someone to help with the, the football team and all these things. They're like, oh, that sounds so cool. I'm excited. But I can't right now. I have like a lot of other things on my plate. That is great. I kudos you because I love what you just said. Setting up boundaries is extremely important and extremely healthy because uh, you shared how much you're doing already to take care of your well-being by eating well, exercising, sleeping, but also by constantly working on yourself and learning and engaging and supporting others. So when things are adding more and things will just quickly happen for everybody as well, um, uh, guys, as you're listening, it's so important to set up the boundaries. I, I, I teach this all my clients and and even when they are trying to also ask me, oh, Isabella, last minute, you know, we're supposed to have a coaching client session today. Can you actually help us out and work with us on Sunday or Saturday? I'm like, I'm sorry, I already have that plans. If you don't plan accordingly and if it's not major uh, reason why you're making a last minute changes, you cannot crouch on somebody's, I mean, you can try on somebody's uh, personal time or time off or time with family or time that is already committed. So you, you, if you know, it's like your poor planning and your crisis is not my crisis and my poor, poor planning. Yeah. Of course, we want to accommodate, but when it's possible, if it's something escalating or it's a true issue or an urgency uh, with the right reason, you know, sometimes we can all make exceptions, but we don't want to start that trend. And when you see the trend starting, what you're doing is you're enabling people to have a wrong habits. That's yeah. why we have educational system that helps kids to start building good habits, us as adults to role model those good habits. Uh, so I really, really want to encourage uh, importance of setting healthy boundaries. Yeah. And I love what you said, how you say no, you know, I'm sorry, but I cannot do, I'm already committed. But also if I cannot do this, this is maybe a person that you can reach out and maybe they can. And that is beautiful essence of business because we need more than ever, we depend on each other and we can accomplish more together and focusing in each other's strengths. What are you good at versus what I am, what is somebody else versus trying to do all of our own taking way longer, but also probably will not be as good, right? Yeah, and I, and I think that especially now, uh, some of the things that I wish I would have learned in the education system, uh, I wish I knew what I know now, like when I was in high school, I wish they would have, I would have taken a taxes class or like how to do my taxes, <laughs> that would have been really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, there's a lot of things too, like even mental health, um, like journaling, you're taking time with yourself. Not that you have to be all like a, a Buddhist or whatever and have like your 15 minutes of Zen every day. But even if you just reflect, I mean, it doesn't even take that long. You could do it five minutes when you wake up before picking up your cell phone or before you go to bed, just mm -hmm. kind of say, hey, this is what I did good today. Kind of reflect back so that you can do something better the next day. Um, I know that that has helped me too because um, there's been a lot of times where I'm like, oh, I'm tired of getting on social media and it's so negative all the time. And when I notice that I don't pick up my phone instead of uh, I, I, like, I can just listen to some music and just like be laying there, laying in bed and say, hey, well, mm -hmm. I can kind of relax and kind of reset. And then I know that my batteries are charged for the next day. Then I, I'm good to go. 
And I know that my boys see that too, because sometimes they'll, they'll, I'll be like, why is it so quiet? Like when I know it's quiet, I know that they're doing something either really bad or I just have to see what they're doing. Cause they do something funny like all the time. But then the other day they were just like, it was quiet. And I was like, okay, I don't think they're napping. So something must be up. And then I went into the room and they were look, looking at a new book. And I was like, wow, hey, well, I'll read to you. I know that every day, whenever I have the boys, like we, we started getting in a routine, we'll take a bath, we'll brush our teeth and I'll read a book to them. And every time that if I, if I like, oh, I'm tired, I don't wanna read a book. I, I, I force myself to read a book because I know that it's good for them. They're, they're learning. And even though I might've read the same book 20 times, they, they love listening to it no matter what. So, um, of course, they love that bond, and, but it's also expectation. You're setting up the standards, and, and then a lot of kids are looking up for that. It's a, it's a bedtime and then bedtime story, and it's a beautiful day with the, lo you know, with the loving parents to um, you know, uh, end the day. And uh, as, as we are teaching our children early on, and as well, we're teaching kids in classrooms and through life, but ourselves, our habits are constantly also there to be questioned. And, and it's interesting. One thing I learned, I set it up with my iPhone that tells me weekly summary and average how long I'm using my, uh, my um, iPhone and how long it's all been in my hand. And it's unbelievable when you see increase, you don't even think about it, uh, what that accumulates on average. And I almost screamed, I was like, am I getting close to double digits here or over double digits? Oh my God, since when? You know, because you use phone for so many reasons. But I also wanted to say, give yourself permission to unplug, absolutely. And give yourself permission not to be accessible because just because people need a certain moment, it doesn't mean you have to react to every message, every text that is arrives. I had a uh, client who were taking constantly notifications. I was like, limit what notifications and from whom you're taking. If you're taking every single one from social media, you're gonna die. If you're taking from everybody, um, you know, it's like if your children or specific important people, it's you can you can adjust that. But having constantly living in a world of instant response. Our instant gratification, if you don't respond to me within two minutes, I'm pissed, and what the heck? You know, that is not setting healthy boundaries and healthy expectations is gonna create a lot of conflicts, but in the same time, it's gonna uh, create more stress to everybody. And it's not healthy, we cannot sustain it. Yeah. So uh, I, I love also that you mentioned something really, really important, good routines, good habits, but also time out on plugging and just chilling, not necessarily always being 24 seven on these devices, guys, please, please, please keep that in mind. Well, and then I always have that other thing too, is like, so I'll, I'll be like on my phone or whatever. And then I want to go and run or go and bike. And I usually do that for about an hour or two, or just depending on how far I want to run, but I, I won't be on my phone all day and then whenever i start running or biking someone will give me a call and then i like answer <laughs> their phone and they're like oh what are you doing uh well i'm running and they're like oh okay well call me back later i'm like you couldn't call me when i wasn't running or you can have like text me when i was just sitting at home so i i've tried to find out like a good time to say maybe i'll i'll start uh working out super early i mean especially like now here in Las Cruces, New Mexico, we've had three 
um, three-digit temperatures like for a whole week. We had 108, 105, 103. Wow. But wow. I either have to get up super early, like 6, 37, or go super late, which is like a nine or like after the sun goes down. And it's still still pretty hot. I mean, it's not that hot, but I mean, it makes it kind of difficult to want to be out and, and do things because I, I, it's hard to run on a treadmill and be at home and or just play video games or but it's easy to get in that routine of just doing the same thing all the time so i either try to change it up or try to do something new yeah we're creatures of habit and as a result because we make a lot of poor choices sometimes or just it's hard to break it and then right now i'm seeing a lot of people got these new habits that are you know, not moving as much and not doing as much and really focusing on all the restrictions versus on all the possibilities. So with that in mind, since like we covered quite a bit in this pod uh, with you and thank you for sharing uh, such a great golden nuggets here uh, in this conversation, specifically for younger generations that are still forming their habits and still trying to understand and most definitely trying to adjust, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I wanted to leave the audience with a couple of golden and I get in closing. I'm, I'm hearing uh, you already carved amazing plan. And guys, again, I wanted to tell you, this is the gentleman who already have bachelor's degree, who already has a lot of certification and courses, who is a lifelong learner and he's barely, not even 30 yet and, and, and accomplished quite a bit. Uh, but in the same time, who is now also working towards his master's degree, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, want to be able to um not just get more more pay but my dad has also instilled it into me that hey you need to have more degrees than i do and he has like five master's degrees and he wants to be a doctor and i'm like i don't want to spend that much time in school like <laughs> but i i think it's it's it'd be nice to kind of start getting back into furthering my education and just maybe um, I, I haven't thought about it, but maybe someday, maybe do administration in the public schools, like be a assistant principal or be a principal. Or I think that that might be kind of cool down the line. Um, my mom has been a counselor or she's been a counselor for the last 10 years, but before that she was a educator and she, she's loved being in the schools and she likes helping kids too. And so even if I don't stay teaching and I still stay, um, maybe I start doing physical education or coaching, um, I think that my future desire would to be to still help others, like even if it's not just teaching wise, but still helping other businesses or helping, helping someone else uh, do whatever they can't do on their own. So mm. I and, think... And that is a great, with a great point because when you have a parents that are, are very well educated, that also uh, change different paths over the course and figure it out in different stages of their life, it's so much more than just the being educator. But right now, that is a great place to be for you, since like, and you're really enjoying it. So what I want to also give guys point out, uh, somebody was joking. Um, Taylor Swift during the coronavirus is dropping brand new album as an artist and how she did and she had actual substantial number of songs 14 or 15 and the comment was and 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 this is a girl from entertainment industry and she says but I just made a banana a banana bread point is we have a, people that will use this time to use their creativity 
to make some magic happen. And we have also guys who do bare minimum, meaning as like, oh, I can't do anything and I'm just done. I'm just gonna do bare minimum, whatever. So nothing wrong with either or, but if we want a car path forward, now we have actually time more than ever to do important things and things that matter. So I wanna kudo you, I use this analogy as a joke, uh, uh, artists, uh, writers, uh, uh, people that want to advance their degrees, enrollments in schools, anything that you can do to um, make your path forward and help you out. So when things do get more in normal, uh, as you said, motivation should not be only be money. You don't want to do a master's degree just to get a higher pay necessarily, but is definitely different positioning with promotions, with other opportunities that you might be able to be qualified for, right? Yeah. And then you're doing two things very well. You're getting experience while you're also getting education. Mm -hmm. So guys, those, that is the winning combo because through over the years from my work with a lot of uh, Fortune 500 companies all the way to fast growing startups, having just one with the other, it's, it's a struggle. Uh, and it's, it's hard on having perspective and having the wisdom and opportunity to contribute in such a meaningful way. But having those two together, it's and right mindset and attitude, it's an absolute winning combo and that makes you guys trifecta, okay? So uh, anything else you wanna share with our audience in closing specifically around, uh, we touched a little bit that already on your obviously legacy. What are you trying to be uh, known and remembered by, because with all these efforts, obviously, beyond your immediate family, what, Pat, is one of your biggest dreams and, 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 and you really want to sh make sure uh, you impact humanity in your lifetime? What that passion or desire or outcome would be for you? Mm, I, I mean, I, I follow a lot of people and one of the, the people that I follow is, is Gary Vee and one of the things that he's, he says is like, on my the day that my I pass away, I want. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I want I want that to be like a national holiday, and I want like him. I want to be remembered. So like essentially, at the time if the time comes, and I just would like to be remembered as one of the people that were always there for someone, always there for a friend. And um, sometimes I I see some friends that they're they're in a dark place and they get lonely, they get sad, they they get emotional. And I try to reach out as best as I can and say, hey, well, I'm always here. Like, you can talk to me. I'll listen. And um, I try my best to, to be involved in everything. Like, if it's something going on in the community, I try to find out first thing. I mean, people always ask me, hey, what's going on this weekend? And before Corona, I, I knew everything. But now since everything has happened, it's like I kind of don't feel as involved as I used to, which is nice and bad but um i think now um moving forward definitely say hey a year from now um i've adapted so much where i could even maybe start teaching not just my middle schoolers but i i mean i could teach a dad's group and i'm a part of a couple of other dad's groups where hey they're first time dads too like they need help how do you how do you get through the day how do you like what, what gets you through those hard times. And I, I feel like even just sharing an experience, like there's times when I come home and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. And I'll sit down on the couch, maybe turn on the TV and I'll fall asleep and I'm like, wake up and I'm like, 
oh, what did I forget to do? Or I'm like, like it, it's so crazy. And I think that even just finding something that you do or your why, that's all you have to do is, especially if you get this book, definitely this book will help you uh, get you to find out what your path is going to be on in life. And I think that once you find that and you start doing it, it's not going to feel like a job. You're not going to wake up every day and like, Oh, I have to go and teach. You're going to be like, wake up. Oh, wow. I, I get to teach today. I get to, uh, show someone something new. And I know that whenever I did, um, instruct for the week or two that I was there, I started teaching them how to use iMovie and some of the kids, they had light bulbs come on in their, in, in like, I could just see it. They were all excited. They were like, oh, I've never seen this before. And then I had one little kid that didn't want to pay attention. And then I'd have to redirect and go back and say, Hey, some kids are trying to learn. Let me just teach. And then everything would get back to kind of normal. And I, I felt like at the end of the day that, Hey, today was a good day. I, I got to teach something to someone that they probably wouldn't have got to learn if it wasn't for me. And I that think that's a wonderful feeling. Important. And as a result, we might see new future artists and um, mini, uh, mini, uh, mini movie makers or documentaries. I'm seeing a lot of creative work coming out from children from these younger generations during this time. And it's a great that you are bringing not only knowledge, but keep infusing innovation. So again, thank you for showing up. Thank you for sharing uh, some of the challenges struggled, but also phenomenal solutions. And uh, I will do something very, very special that I did not do yet and did not anticipate of doing, but made me really emotional and to propel. And thank you. This is not staged. It was his impromptu <laughs> way to highlight my, my yeah. book. Um, and, and Pat was sharing also of the line uh, how sincerely that helped him. And for our audience and listeners, uh, the first 10 that respond to Pat or I, uh, through social media, we'll be able to get um, a special copy uh, that uh, actually Pat designed and illustrated and make it magical. So you guys are going to see some of his creative work that way as well. So again, uh, for all the listeners who take action and they listen to all the to the end and finding value and they're compelled to also find their why and the best foot forward during these challenging times. Uh, Pat and I will do something very special for you. Pat, pleasure. Thank you for being on the show and looking forward uh, seeing how things are progressing and we'll have you back. Okay. Thank you, Isabella. It's it good. A pleasure. Thank you and good luck with the school year. Okay. Thank you. We'll stay safe. Likewise. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>